Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. And what a Monday it is. Here on the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. It is still awful. I mean, I, I was out and about last night. Ron DeSantis's last campaign event uh, in the Iowa caucuses was in Ankeny, which if you guys don't know, might be the nicest suburb in the entire state of Iowa now. And man, we're three days after this last blizzard and I'm still needing four-wheel drive to get up hills and residential areas. I mean, this is... This is soul-crushing. Todd will tell you, uh, you know, puts hair on your chest. It's soul-crushing. I want to cut myself in a corner and self-harm levels of awful. Nevertheless, officially now, the 2024 presidential election gets underway right here in Iowa, 7 o'clock tonight with the Iowa caucuses. And for the first time ever, and I've been involved in every caucus since 1996. And since there wasn't a Republican caucus in 1992, that basically means I've been involved in every Republican caucus since 1988. Right? That, that's the last time the Republicans held a caucus in Iowa. I was not involved in. I was a freshman in high school. Um, I don't have a clue what is going to happen. I don't. And, and we will get into all of that here uh, in the opening hour of the show momentarily. Um, whenever we have a new partner join the program, though, we always like to start off by honoring them and welcoming them to the show. And what a new partner this is. Let's welcome our friends over at Hillsdale College here to the Steve Day Show, because time is our most precious commodity. And you guys have asked me, hey, how can we spend time wisely and prove ourselves, the people around us? History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study any of these things in school? Well, Todd, you and I were probably about the last generation in America that did. Mm -hmm. If you're a millennial, you're like, uh, you can talk about those things in school because they didn't let us. (laughs) Okay. Um, If you're tired of scrolling through shows on TV and finding nothing but mind-numbing content, uh, that's why... We're excited to tell you about Hillsdale College. They are offering more than 40 free, free, free online courses in the most important and enduring subjects. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, for example, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of Rome, uh, the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale's online courses, all available for free. And I think I might have just talked myself into taking one of these, actually. I'd love to, I'm a, I love studying the early church. That sounds like that could be a lot of fun. That's right, for free. I personally recommend you sign up for C.S. Lewis on Christianity, especially because I basically, well, I'm going to call it an homage. Uh, another era might have called it plagiarism, uh, but I'll call it an homage. Um, you know, the best thing I've ever written uh, that inspired a movie was a complete and total homage to C.S. Lewis's seminal work. And I don't know what that is. There we go. Um, And if you want to take this seven lecture course, you will examine some of Lewis's classic works, including the screw tape letters that uh, I wrote an homage to uh, the abolition of man and more. 
courses self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. You can enroll in C.S. Lewis on Christianity to discover his core lessons regarding truth and the goodness of the Christian faith, how to apply those lessons to your life, or any of the other subjects that I just mentioned. Just go right now to hillsdale.edu slash steve to enroll. hillsdale.edu slash steve to enroll. That's Hillsdale. Dot edu slash Steve. No cost. Easy to get started. Hillsdale.edu slash Steve. All right. Coming up on the show today, we introduced you to a tech entrepreneur from Florida last week, Robert Salvador, who is attempting to come up with ways to incorporate AI to improve public polling. And his entire premise is that people are way more honest about what they really think on social media and their digital footprint, what they put out there publicly, than what they'll say to a pollster who, in many cases, they won't even respond to these days. Uh, And so he, he introduced us to his first beta test last week. He is back with his final beta test and forecast before tonight's Iowa caucuses. And we will talk to him about that coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Um, Next hour, we're going to have some Ask Me Anything. We have good questions. We haven't done one of these yet this year. We good to go? We got them. All right. So Todd has curated the questions. Aaron will deliver them and we'll see if I can come up with some answers. We'll do all of that coming up in the next hour of the show. But before we get there, speaking of Aaron, let's go to him now with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Caucus Day. Today is Caucus Day in the first in the nation state of Iowa. That blizzard rolled through late last week and into the weekend and brought Arctic temperatures to the state with many locations around the Hawkeye State. Not reaching zero degrees for highs the last couple of days, which could end up being an X factor tonight when the caucuses kick into gear. The freezing cold and snow, though, didn't stop Most of the candidates from continuing their campaigns over the weekend, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis crisscrossed the state, making oodles of stops. During one of those stops, he hit Trump for his continued lies and gaslighting about COVID and lockdowns. And he basically said, oh, I'm a federalist. I had nothing to do with Fauci. You know, that was all the governors and all this other stuff. And then he blamed me for Fauci. Like, literally, I'm the one that was selling Don't Fauci My Florida t-shirts during this thing. So don't tell me that. So that, you know, it's one thing to have, it's one thing to try to shade your record, but it's another thing to just try to gaslight people. I mean, when he's saying that to you, He thinks you're stupid. Donald Trump also showed up in Iowa late Saturday and over the weekend. He asked his followers to vote for him, even if it means they lose their lives. Can't sit home. If you're sick as a dog, you say, darling, I gotta make it. Even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. The love affair between Donald Trump and fellow GOP candidate Vivek Ramaswamy is now officially over. Trump got pissed Ramaswamy posted this photo, which shows him posing with a group of young men. Those young men are wearing shirts that say, Save Trump, Vote Vivek. Trump wrote on Truth Social, quote, Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter. The best president in generations, he said, etc. Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly. But a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side. Don't get duped by this. Nikki Haley also campaigned in Iowa over the weekend, but I can't say what she did or said that was notable. The caucuses kick off tonight at 7 p.m. local time, 8 p.m. Eastern. In other news from over the weekend, a group of pro-Hamas orcs stormed the White House grounds in Washington, D.C. Some staff at the White House had to be evacuated. The protesters were chanting things like, F. Joe Biden and throwing bloodied baby dolls. 
Biden was not at the White House at the time of the attempted insurrection. Instead, Biden was getting more R&R, once again, at Camp David. As he was awaiting Marine One to take off to Camp David, Biden met with the press and was asked if the situation on the southern border is a crisis. Mr. President, would you call the situation on the southern border a crisis? No, but I would say would react. Couldn't make that out. Biden said the situation at the border isn't a crisis. Jerry Nadler, your thoughts? And we need immigrants in this country. Forget the fact that the farm, that our, our, our vegetables would rot in the ground if, it weren't, if they weren't being picked by many immigrants, many illegal immigrants. And finally today in history, January 15th, 1870 in Harper's Weekly, you'll find the first published depiction of Democrats being symbolized by a donkey. Thomas Nast published the cartoon titled A Live Jackass Kicking a Dead Lion, Such a Lion and Such a Jackass. The donkey was used as a symbol of derision originally against Andrew Jackson, but Democrats eventually owned it and the jackass still symbolizes their party today. And that's what happened while we were away. All right, coming up in overtime today, because I'm frankly too gutless because I have no idea what's going to happen tonight, and I'll explain why in a moment. Coming up in the overtime today, Todd and Aaron will actually demonstrate they have courage that I do not. And uh, they will give you their predictions for tonight's caucuses here in Iowa. And we will discuss those in the overtime uh, for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber if you're not yet one for a discount. That way you don't miss any of the exclusive content we do for you all the time right here at Blaze TV. blazetv.com slash dace. What I do want to discuss is um, leading into tonight, kind of the overall backdrop of what I am seeing. Uh, and then a couple of stories that emerged over the weekend that I think we should discuss. Number one, I th this is the most volatile turnout model I've ever tried to predict in Iowa history. When On Friday during the Dace Group, um, I think I predicted was it be less than 160,000 yeah. is what, what I predicted. I'm going to tell you now, conditions in some, res in, some, in some aspects are worse than they were Friday, and here is why. From a transportation standpoint, outside of the highways and byways, a lot of places are still very much ice-covered. Um, you know, we had so much blowing snow and blizzard conditions that salting and scraping made no difference. The, the snow would just blow right into the roads on the residential areas. So... There's not a lot of great driving in, inside even suburb, suburban areas in a lot of places right now. All the snow is gone, but, but underneath it now is just that, you know, what's been packed down and is full of ice. And so I, I don't know. I mean, we've, we've got windshield warnings. We're under a windshield warning until tomorrow. Uh, they're literally on local news telling you know, elderly people, do not go out. It's not worth it, you know. I mean, so I, I, I don't know. I, I have no clue what the number will be tonight. I have no clue who those people will be. This is, this is, this, this is, I've never, again, we have these every time in the winter, you know, this isn't the first time, but we've, we've not had anything like this. This is, this is the worst weather in Iowa I can remember since um, when I was still a local radio host here on WHO, we had one storm that was like these two storms we had back to back, but it hit all at once. And I was stranded at WHO for three nights. I had to sleep on this little tiny couch underneath the Ronald Reagan Memorial in the lobby. And my final morning there, I was woken up when it, the roads were finally clear enough for people to, 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 to come into work, the McCoy septuplets were teenagers and, uh, they, they came in to uh, do a hit on our morning show. 
And they woke me up at 5 a.m. because I could hear them laughing at me. Who is this loser sleeping on the couch? <laughs> they woke me up. True story. I woke up to getting laughed at by teenagers. I haven't showered in three days. I'm sleeping on this couch. That's like for, you know, four for somebody who's like five feet or less, you know, in terms of height. Um, That's the last time we've had weather like this, but that happened at once. And so there was a time to dig out. What happened here is we got that storm in two parts. So right after we started to dig out after the first one, the second one came and we never finished digging out after the first one. So, um, whether the the Fahrenheit temperature tonight minus 18 I mean it's minus 8 now you know minus 8 you know like the publisher said in Elf Uh, I don't know what that will do to turn out I I know it's going to be lower on top of the energy we already weren't seeing until recently the energy has been high now on out on the campaign trail but uh, I, I don't know what that will do to turn out I know it won't help it to what extent it will hurt it, I don't know. Obviously, the, the the person that you would think would be the most hurt by this would be the former president, given he has the oldest um, uh, base of people. And, you know, um, and, and essentially that's the feedback loop between him and Fox News and the average Fox News viewer is 69. On the other hand, he also has the most demonstrated, committed base of people everywhere in America at the same time. That base is not as big in Iowa as it is in other places, but it still absolutely exists here. You know, so... Like, I mean, I would I would be flabbergasted if like Donald Trump got like less than 30 percent, no matter what the weather forecast is, you know, and that that's I mean, that's a lot of people's ceilings. So I I don't know. I I told Glenn Beck this morning I could see Donald Trump getting anywhere from 35 to 50 and I could see Ron DeSantis getting anywhere from 20 to 40. I think there's that much variance. Uh, I think Nikki Haley's entire thing has been AstroTurf all along. Uh, The Des Moines Register poll that came out yesterday, it's always wrong. It's never been right. The one race that it actually predicted correctly with Huckabee in 08, it was wrong everywhere else in the poll. It's wrong all the time. I have no idea why it's called the gold standard. I mean, it's 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 the it's it's not the gold standard guys it's the federal reserve okay it's it's, there's there's, it's just it's all assumptions and perception there is no substance behind it at all uh it's always wrong and the poll they put out over the weekend was about the worst case scenario for nikki haley's campaign on one hand it put her at second place and and most people as you know todd are just going to read the top line of a poll Uh okay and so that was their own headline if you read the story the register put out i don't know if pollster and seltzer is a hostage and she's like blinking and saying, I'm sorry, I had to do this. My overlord stepped in or she's just this much of a hack. I don't know. Because in her own cross tabs, which she writes about in her own poll, she points out that Nikki Haley by far has the least amount of enthusiasm and the majority of her base of voters prefer Joe Biden to be the nominee. Uh, OK, guys, if we're not sure how many Republicans are going to come out tonight in this weather and hang out for an hour when there's now there's two NFL playoff games on. At first, there was just one. And it was two teams that aren't really nobody cares about locally. Well, now there's two. Okay, so we got NFL playoff games. We have the worst weather in Iowa in at least 15 years all over the state. Still digging out from. So if we aren't sure how many Republicans are going to show, how many people who aren't really committed to this are going to brave the conditions and then hang out for an hour with a bunch of people they really don't like just to vote for Nikki Haley. Todd, I don't know about you. I'm not all that optimistic about that, okay? So um, I think there is a better chance that she will actually finish in single digits than in second place tonight. And if I were to make one prediction, it would be, I think she'll be closer to Vivek Ramaswamy tonight 
uh, than she will be to Ron DeSantis. Which, which brings me, speaking of Ramaswamy, to the other thing that I think we should talk about. Um, and I will tell you, I did a few stops for DeSantis this weekend. Um, the energy was incredible. I mean, it was, it reminded me of the end of the cruise campaign. Um, my buddy, Bob Vanderplatz, who will not be with us this week because he's doing so many other media hits, told me it reminded him of the end of the Santorum campaign. I, I think Ron DeSantis will overperform tonight. What that means, I don't know. Right? You know, is, will it mean low 20s? Will it, will it be a crooked number ahead of him? I, you know, could he win? I will tell you this, we can't bet politics in Iowa. I mean, I don't think Ron DeSantis will win tonight. I don't. But the numbers on him are so low that I would bet it if I could, just because there's so much value there. Like, they're basically saying there's like a 2% chance he'll win tonight. There's a better chance than that. I don't know how much better it is, but it's better than that, you know? So I, I do think he will overperform tonight. And then we'll wait and see what over... We'll let the voters determine for us, you know, the definition of overperformance. And finally, did you want to comment on that really quick? And the, the uh, last what, part? anything that I just said before I move on to what happened with Vivek over the weekend, go ahead. I just think that last part it's a it's a tr- it's a tremendous value bet if you are willing to read the tea leaves correctly because at least when you do value bets in football, mm-hmm. I mean you, you you regularly talk to I mean heck you you groomed Aaron to understand how you know how the the line. Um, how they think in terms of putting out those lines and they're, you know, they're not out there to lose money and you, you know, they're, 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 they're pros at this. They, they're really trying to nail this. Mm-hmm. They're not in politics. They're not trying to nail. this. No, they're just responding to public poll. No, everything yeah. is a response to what the public Which, poll said. And, yeah. Yeah. So meaning that, meaning like they don't have, when it comes to political betting markets, they don't have like some inside knowledge that you don't no. have. They're just, they're all responding to, what public polling says that's all they are yeah no so you should you should feel very very confident they, they've been worked over just like anybody else is my point and we'll go into it in the overtime clearly but this is what but like uh, this is what iowans have it's not just now if iowa is still iowa we we, we pride ourselves on not work getting worked over by your get, gaslighting nonsense and when the gaslighting is higher than ever, this is the time for Iowa to wake it stand more than ever. The math makes sense. So let's talk about what happened with Vivek over the weekend. And the last time we saw something like this, it was in reverse. And it was 48 hours before Super Tuesday. And the entire Democrat media industrial complex, Thanos snapped. But they, Thanos snapped Joe Biden back into existence. Right. They they resurrected him. He was a dead carcass on the side of the road, was fourth in Iowa, going nowhere. And when it became clear that, oh, poop, we're fine running communists, but we can't actually nominate a Soviet. When, when, they, when it became clear that they were going to nominate a Soviet named Bernie Sanders, the order went out. You, know, you guys remember this? We talked about this. We we were we were following it in real time on the show as it was happening. Mm-hmm. We discussed we discussed it so many times throughout the rest of the course of that campaign that it was very clear they all suddenly all you guys have seen that clip before of all the local news stations saying a danger to our democracy. Like all of their pundits, all of their media, the call went out. We've got to save Joe Biden and drag him across the finish line, and so they did. All right. On a smaller scale, you saw a similar operation to that this weekend, um, but in reverse. The order 66 
went out on Vivek Ramaswamy from Donald Trump. And from the moment Trump was indicted in March, you know, you follow Vivek's candidacy. I was here this time last year. I had just come from emceeing one of his, maybe his very first Iowa event. I was very excited about what I saw. And I, I was very impressed with his level of knowledge and his and his connectivity. He was willing to stay, talk to people. Okay. And I mean, let's face it, this is a wealthy guy. He's also a Hindu. You know, there's not a lot of wealthy people in Iowa. There aren't, there's even fewer Hindus. Okay. So a wealthy Hindu and a bunch of, you know, hardy Iowans at a, at a restaurant called the machine shed. That's not normally where that match is made fair for just being honest. Fair, okay. Fair. And, and he connected famously. He was great. I came back here. I was very excited. And then when when Trump had his first indictment, the entire Ramaswamy campaign changed and he essentially either read the tea leaves or decided. I don't know. I don't know the man very well, so I don't know. But it was clear that he basically became an adjunct professor of the Trump presidential campaign fair just mm-hmm. kind of changed his approach he even tried to remember that first debate where he tried to emulate him by insulting everybody and everybody turned on him right okay um and it's also very clear if you're on conservative social media that you saw trump's social media network of influencers heavily promoting vivek the entirety of of, of all last summer and fall and even saying things like well this is what DeSantis should have sounded like well all it did was kill the vague's candidacy sounding like a surrogate for another candidate you know that's just dumb advice um i don't think it was advice i think it was just a troll from people who preferred donald trump and that's fine that's your candidate do what you want but let's not pretend that that's like honest advice it wasn't okay so out of nowhere unless you've been watching what's been happening under the radar in iowa which is very few people out of nowhere all of a sudden trump just lost it on vivek declared he's not maga he's a fraud Okay, he's putting this out on true social, just verbatim. Now, I dismissed that at first. Why? Because I think we've learned from Donald Trump that he could be up like legit 50. And if he sees one thing from somebody, it wouldn't make a difference. He would like, you know, like he did. He came back to Iowa to do one event this weekend and it was in Indianola. And he spent the first 10 minutes trashing Kim Reynolds, our Mm -hmm. governor. There's no point to that. And by the way, nobody sitting there wanted to hear that. I can promise you, you know, so. It, it's 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 not necess- it doesn't mean anything necessarily that Donald Trump personally eviscerated somebody that doesn't mean anything right right when it starts to mean something though is because you see a lot of times Trump like like you didn't see Trump's social media network echo Trump's comments about Kim Reynolds you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. a lot of times like that's just the old man being the old man we're not we're not emulating that okay instead in this case you saw all of them the order this you can tell this was an order 66 they all of them name name Pasovic you saw all these people immediately turn on Vivek immediately clearly it, the order went out that, that 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 this thing has run its course chris lasavita who is trump's campaign manager i don't know chris but from people whose opinions i trust they tell me he's really good at this and he would be somebody because trump has not always hired like the best operatives okay no. uh, we've seen that in the past okay that lasavita is the kind of guy like other campaigns would like to have it's one thing for him when you're 48 hours from the caucuses to go out there and echo what Trump said is saying about Vivek on Twitter, just so you can go into the, the old, tell the old man, yes, sir, I backed you up and then get back to like the, the serious business of winning an election. You know what I'm saying? La Civita went back and forth like three times with Vivek Ramaswamy. It's very clear that something transpired there that they're, and they're trying to kill him. He also echoed, you're a fraud. You're not real. You're not MAGA. Now, Vivek is doing everything he can to de-escalate it. You can look, decide if he looks like a punk or he looks like an adult. You know, everybody's going to have a different perspective. If you, you know, but um, what I, here's what I think is occurring. 
This is my best, and it's a guess. We have an eminent domain issue in Iowa right now, particularly in northwest Iowa. And the right in Iowa is divided on this. And there's been almost no national media coverage of it. And the reason why is people that are for more fuel want this thing to to happen, okay? And people who are for property rights don't want their farms to be the reason why it happened and are fighting it. And so there are people on both sides of the of the conservative coalition in the state, uh, both sides of this, they're fighting against each other. Our governor, as much as I love her, really hasn't taken a strong position on this, which is rare for her. She takes mostly strong positions. But on this one, because of how divisive it is in her own base, she's kind of said, you guys work it out. OK, and that's one of the reasons why it hasn't kind of blown up into an issue. But Vivek has really worked this issue on the side of the of the property rights people. Well, they're all rural Iowans. What I think they're concerned about is that Vivek's going to overperform tonight, but it's not going to be at DeSantis's expense, which is what they were planning all along with him as a stalking horse, but at their own. That, that, that he is going to pull four, five, six points of Trump's rural base away from Trump and to him. I doubt it's because they fear they're going to lose. I would be very surprised if Donald Trump lost tonight. Not quite as surprised as I would be if, if, if Nikki Haley was second. That would really surprise me, but pretty close. Maybe, yeah, probably just as surprised. I'd be very surprised if Donald Trump lost or Nikki Haley was second. But enough so, for Trump, he can't just win here. He's got a point spread to cover. Oh, you're up by 50 points for eight months, right? You win by eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 points. What happened? You see what I'm saying? I think they're worried about covering the point spread. And I think they saw Vivek now was getting a little too big for his britches and was... Not just, you know, riding, it was not just drafting here, okay, on the, on the back of uh, Godfather's exhaust, but a little bit like when Michael Cohen, remember Michael Cohen got dispatched from Trump because he found out he was running his own side hustle? And that's actually why Cohen ended up going to prison, was over that side hustle, because Trump's like, no, you don't use my name to make money for you. You use my name to make money for me. You can cut all the corners you want for me, but you don't run your own side hustle on my dime, right? That's why Cohen got cut off. I think they looked at Vivek as, wait a minute here. All right, hey, hey uppity Hindu. Uh, cool. You want to draft on us? You think you've got a future four years from now? I won't be here. I don't care. But if you're now stepping on my toes, ain't happening. No, shut your hole and know your role. And that's why I think the order went out. And it was fascinating to watch that order play itself out and, and to see Vivek still trying to dig himself out from that. All right. So those are some of my big picture thoughts heading into tonight. Gentlemen, what do you think? Aaron, we'll start with you. So, as I said in the montage, the weather could be an X factor, could be. This is still the Midwest, and people, I mean, we get temperatures not quite this bad. It's not, that's not like all winter long. It's, it's a little out of the ordinary. But uh, I'll just tell you on my parents' rural road yesterday, I was down there yesterday, that still has not been uh, plowed by the county yet or by the city yet. Now, one of their neighbors actually happened to plow that road. So, that's kind of an indication um, in the rural parts of the state, how much work they have to do to kind of make roads uh, accessible. Um, I'm I'm more optimistic about uh, DeSantis's chances tonight, maybe than I, I'm sensing you are, Steve. I, I just go to what I'm seeing with my own eyes. The energy is all with DeSantis. The energy on the ground, all with DeSantis. Okay, this is still. Like old magic, old school politicking. You have to go out and meet the people. You have to talk to people. You have to answer their questions. There is one candidate who has done that consistently in this race. 
and that's Ron DeSantis. And I'm just looking again at 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 uh, 2016, which is a record turnout, of course. But are all of Marco Rubio's people going to Trump? Are all of Marco Rubio's people going to Nikki Haley? No. Are all of Ben Carson's people going to, going to Trump? Are they? Maybe most of them might be, but are they all? I I just think there are too many variables with all of these disparate factions in Iowa, and and there aren't as many people running as there were in 2016. So again, all of the organization, just and all of the energy seems to be on Ron DeSantis' side. And I'll just tell you this weekend, seeing people, especially coming up from Florida, whether they were state employees or whether they're just, they just see a guy in Ron DeSantis who fights for the good, the true, and the beautiful. People are reversing the snowbird roles. They're flying from Florida to Iowa to volunteer to go door knock in the middle of Iowa's best impression of Hoth. I've just never seen something (laughs) like that before, at least not on this scale, where people coming in from all over the country because they see the value of the cause. And man, that that I just have to believe that still counts for something in this country. So I'm still optimistic. I'll I'll make my prediction. I think we're doing that in overtime. But uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic about Ron DeSantis's chances tonight than than I think some. All right, Todd, we think. Well, I love this. Uh, weather, uh, generally speaking, in January, but it's going to make people think even more about what I'm doing this. I'm going out in this because it's really important. My doing my duty on this is really, really important. And just that sense, if you were on the fence and you've seen what's going on on the last few days, if you if your duty boundness is awakened, it's going to go in the direction of Ron DeSantis. We shall see. That's why they play the games. And tonight, we're going to play a game. We're not going to do uh, polls. It's over. He's up 50 points. No, we're, nobody's up. Nobody's won a thing. Tonight, they start winning things. And we'll let the actual, let's do this. Let's be real populist and let's let the people decide maybe. Why don't we do that for a change? So we're going to do that starting tonight. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson-Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org chosen. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Don't forget about our friends over at Jace Medical. Particularly right now, we are looking at shortages, the likes of which border on historic uh, when it comes to necessary, vital, and available drugs. Uh, This past December, for example, drug shortages hit a record high. Uh, and this can cause severe disruptions in medical treatments. You know, we originally brought Jace Medical on board because... Like us, they saw what happened with certain drugs that may or may not 
have been effective as early treatments uh, against COVID. And now they're suddenly smeared and taken off the market. So they wanted to make sure nothing like that could happen with venerable drugs uh, again. Well, now they're concerned just about the availability of drugs. All right. So you can customize your Jace case if you want, including ivermectin. That can be in your Jace case as well. You can customize your Jace case if you go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E for jacemedical.com. Jacemedical.com. And if you use the promo code DACE at checkout, you'll get a discount. You can also gift a Jace case to someone as well. All right, jacemedical.com, promo code DACE for the discount at jacemedical.com. So last week, we introduced you to Robert Salvador. And, you know, one of the cool things about doing this for a living and, and being a part of Iowa and the caucus process here locally is... So much national attention and and ability and capacity and talent flows into our state every time we do one of these that you're just always going to meet somebody or a lot of somebody's that uh, pay dividends down the road. And one of those relationships I got to establish this time is with Robert. He's a tech entrepreneur from Florida. And and his goal is he uses AI in his successful business. And he took a look just as a guy that knows data, understands it. I mean, he took a lot, a look at a lot of the same, uh, look at the polls. And yes, I owe 10 bucks, but I already paid it advance. So we're good. Okay. So now I, uh, I'm, I've got a $30 in credit guys. Just remember that. Okay. And, uh, uh, he took a look at a lot of these methodologies and this just, you know, Hey man, I wouldn't hire you to do, uh, invoicing at my, uh, at my, at my company, let alone to tell me who's going to win uh, the next election cycle. All right. So, uh, he figured though also, and you know, stop me, Robert. So I don't put na- you know, words in your mouth. It wasn't enough just to curse the darkness, but he needed to light a candle here. What's the alternative then? Because even if you try to do it right, take it from somebody who's been part of efforts to do it right, fewer people than ever before are willing to respond to these things. Okay. So it's, even if you try to do it right, it's hard. So then what if we took a look at people's digital footprints? I mean, social media is one of the places where the people are most vocal about what they think politically. People will say things on their within their digital footprint. They won't tell a pollster, for example. And so what if we incorporated some form of an algorithm that buttressed or complemented a traditional polling mechanism with the reality of how these people are behaving and what they're saying on social media, right? Do I have this right so far? Yeah, absolutely. And so this was the, uh, uh, an opportunity to create an AI poll. So you did your first beta test using this in Iowa last week. Now, I took some issue with a couple of things. I thought you way had the, your, your AI's estimate of how many non-Republicans will show up yep. was way too high. And given the weather now, I'm pretty confident that that's the case. Yep. Okay. But there were some other things and other trends that your AI poll, before we get to the new results, and Aaron, I forgot to bring this to you. Can you go to Robert's Twitter and try to find his the latest results from sure. Robert Salvador for me? Um, before we get to those latest results, there were some trend lines, though, in your first beta that have pr- borne out to be true here in the last week. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Sure. Yeah, I think the first thing is, you know, the traditional polling was showing, you know, first Governor DeSantis um, way, way, way lower than a lot of the data points that we see. out. And in the interest of full disclosure, you see the bumper sticker there. That's what prompted you to do this. You're a Floridian. Yes. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so you but but ultimately you want this to be an accurate 
metric so that it could be used by the right moving forward exactly. beyond this that you're using the DeSantis campaign as essentially your beta testing ground to figure out how to do this. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, full disclosure. And when we posted this, we said it, you know, this was not commissioned mm -hmm. or asked for by the campaign. It's, you know, something I said that you mentioned was the market draws out inefficiencies. Mm -hmm. And what you're seeing here, what you've seen for 20 years is these inefficiencies in polls, you know, that manifested itself online in something we called Pollgate. Um, and so, you know, we set out to put together this more data driven model. Um, like you said, it measures sentiment, not just social media across, you know, really a lot of, you know, digital media and different mechanisms. And what it shows is, again, Ron DeSantis definitely performing way better than the traditional polls are are showing. And that's because, you know, he did the same thing in 2022 in past elections. If you look at the digital footprint around him, it certainly appears that he's underrepresented in these traditional polls. Uh, Vivek as well. You know, so our first poll came out and got a lot of attention because it showed very different than the mainstream media, you know, which was showing Donald Trump up, you know, 50 points and Nikki Haley in a, in a you know, second with 20, 25 percent. What we're showing is very different. Um, and again, this is data driven in addition, in conjunction with a traditional polling methodology. Um, so you see the results up there. We think that it's, you know, a head to head race between Trump and DeSantis. Uh, we think DeSantis is going to vastly outperform the mainstream polls, even the DMR poll that we saw come out. Um, if you look at what's happening on the ground, you know, especially now that I've spent some time here, you know, Iowa politics, the retail politics, the voter wants to hear from these candidates. They want their questions answered. And if you look at 2016, you know, the candidates that did that properly and did that well performed really well. And so it looks like Ron DeSantis is performing much better than those traditional polls are showing. And we have, you know, some data that we put out to hopefully prove that. And, you know, we'll find out tonight. And then the cool thing about using software for things like this is you can learn from your mistakes. So whatever is wrong or we miss, the software can learn from and train on, whereas traditional polling you're wrong and then maybe you give some subjective reasoning as to why you missed that you know that cycle and then the next time the same thing happens with this poll it will learn as we go so either way we're going to learn a lot tonight and you know we just saw the need for more meaning efficient. it will meaning it will look at the real-time results and learn what it either under or overestimated and factor that in moving forward so it learns uh, as you say learn as we go exactly yes okay. like this poll so we, for example the independence this poll factoring in things like weather and things of that nature so last week thought maybe 50 percent of the vote in the electorate would be non-republicans now it's dropped to 30 which is pretty close to what it was in 2016 it was 21 percent right okay so that is clearly uh, something that the ai has learned from mm -hmm. when we did this with you last week for example right. exactly okay when when you talk about sentiment explain that to the audience what does that mean sure so basically we've built an algorithm that takes into account many different forms of social media so one again social media the obvious ones but then also general Google searches, um, pages that get pulled up, any digital footprint that can be found publicly, we pull into this algorithm, which then pairs that data with personality assessments and types that we've made. Mm -hmm. So we get a bunch of data. Ideally, we can get the data, you know, very accurate and we know, you know, down to a T what someone is like. But even if not, we can generalize by personality type. And what that allows us to do is pull keywords, pull posts, you know, it could be something as simple as, you know, people put a lot of information on their bio in the company they work for. Right. You know, and traditional pollsters are, again, just making random samples 
and all of their calculations come from statistics only. There's no color. If they're being honest. If they're being honest, yes. 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 Which is, that's a whole nother question. Correct. And, and yeah, just, I, I think, we don't want to go down that road, but I wanted to throw that disclaimer out there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, as I've said, a lot of lying with statistics that seems to be happening these days. Correct. Um, but yeah, so it can be keywords. It can be something, you know, someone wear puts, your mask. Go yeah, ahead. Yes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It could okay. be on their employer bio, um, you know, and I'm an advocate for school choice in my spare time. Mm -hmm. Right. You wouldn't get that from a random survey or, you know, if someone fills it out, you might, but mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to get that anywhere else. You pull that data. Now, you know, someone a lot of information about someone that can be used to make a data driven assessment for who they might vote for or, you know, or whether they'll vote at all. Because yeah. one of the things that your AI is trying to register is whether or not this person's going to show up at the polls. That would be how good is the data that indicates whether this person's going to show up, right? right? And that, that'll be one of the things that your AI will learn as it goes as well. Exactly. Like yeah. even today. So, you know, to your point, this is a beta test. I want to make it clear that we're not claiming to be, you know, 10 years in and this is all perfected. But even some a day like today with the Iowa caucuses having, you know, historically cold weather and, you know, road conditions, at scale, eventually we can take in that day of data keywords, sentiment, traffic reports, things that are going online everywhere mm -hmm. and make a calculation that day as, okay, it looks like it's going to be a lower turnout this time. So your AI this time, I believe it's forecasting around 160, which I predicted we would be underneath that on Friday, but that's where it yeah, is right roughly. now. We took a general data point there. Again, okay. I want to be clear that we didn't do a bunch of calcs on that for mm -hmm. this caucus. And yes. I don't know how you could. Right. I mean, how, you're not going to know what the what the what the snowplow route is in every rural precinct and county in Iowa. <clears throat> Pardon me, for example. You, I, but, but it's AI clearly one a, day. Yeah, yeah. It, we would we'll learn that. Yeah, from Think this. Think about that. Right. That's yeah. the long time. Again, we're talking years down the road. But right. the traveling salesman problem that is a problem across all massive data sets. Well, that's a huge problem with elections and also all these different contingencies that are almost impossible to figure out. Eventually, you know, a good AI or AI ML system can figure out a lot of those things where right now it's literally just a team guessing or to the best of their ability. So I want to stress to our audience, we're discussing this, not necessarily because of the results Robert is getting. Mm -hmm. um, we'll find out tonight how much that needs to be tweaked. Right. Okay. Because the, the people will speak and then you'll know. Yeah. I am, and I've told Robert this from the beginning, I am much more interested in what this could be used as a tool moving forward. For for example, if, if you wanted to hook up with a group based out of Florida that you know well, Moms for Liberty, mm -hmm. if you wanted to help them, if you wanted to target 100 school boards around the country we're not, we want to we want to go after next year yep. all right there's a lot of people that would love to run for school board but it's a pretty daunting task to knock on every door and everything else what if we had a tool that said hey based on these people's digital footprints like they're posting on their facebook about what's going on in loudon county virginia mm -hmm. or they're or they're sharing a lot of posts from libs from tiktok about what's going on in the schools okay and so that's a person that we think will that you can go out and vote for so instead of here's here's fifty thousand doors you need to knock on in your school district all right here's 5500 okay go knock on these 5500 doors because we think they either will vote in the school board race or have never voted before and they can do it you've suddenly scaled down the task mm -hmm. of what it would take to actually perform something like this successfully that that is really what what what, what i want to what i'm hoping kind of comes out of what you're doing here that i think this can be a very useful tool for us moving forward the democrats have all this stuff the republicans have some of it but at a very elite level and and they don't want to share and and you only and you only get access to 
to it if you line up with their tribal chieftain at the time? We, what if this was more democratized so that the grassroots had something that was had access to this fair? And then and, and but but this is kind of the testing ground to see how accurate is this now? And, and then what would it need to do to be more accurate moving forward? Because you're not doing a snapshot. You're doing a forecast. You're trying to actually based on conditions, everybody that we think will vote shows up. They have to make a choice. No 21 percent undecided. We are everybody. Everybody there is, is voting for somebody. Here's the simulation. Here's what we think will happen. Right. Yep. OK. So based on that, then tell me where right now you're uncertain heading into tonight with what you have right now. Sure. So, I mean, think again, the turnout, the weather is just something that such a contingency to, you know, to see. Um, Again, I think the the discrepancy between what's being reported in big media. So in other words, let me quantify that. Pardon me. That you may have correctly more than the traditional polls. You may have, for example, found the DeSantis hidden vote or surge based Mm -hmm. on. But but because of that, instead of being 35, it might be 28 or 29. So you found this. You may what you're just saying is you found you're fine. You may have found the trend line. You're not entirely sure that the conclusions of that trend line, how that will play out because of the variables we're discussing now. Exactly. Yes. And then again, you know, obviously you have some really big, you know, big media, mainstream media behind certain candidates where, you know, it's hard to tell the difference between what's making it to the Iowa voters yep. and what is a digital strength for, say, someone like a DeSantis. But in in a state like Iowa, which may be a little less digital, yep. you know, obviously with, you know, the, the demographic and whatnot versus, say, a Texas where yep. there's probably a big digital or presence, a Florida or a Florida. Exactly. You cannot retail politic in those states. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So there's a uncertainty that that message of DeSantis is strong, that is strong digitally and digital sentiment mm-hmm. may not have made it enough to the uh, Iowa voters, you know, because of the mainstream, I call it, you know, blackout that we've certainly seen from, you right. know, against DeSantis by right. by different networks and parties and whatnot. Um, so that's another uncertainty as well. It's just hard to measure that. So, for example, just give you a, just because we have three minutes here. One, mm-hmm. like, for example, what if the registers Iowa poll had showed DeSantis at like 27? Mm-hmm. All right. To, to, just because to, I want people to understand what you to, to apply what you're saying uh, practically, what you're saying is if the if an Iowa poll had showed that the DeSantis is at 27, that would be all over Fox News today. Yep. And 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 a lot of Trump's elderly voters that are sitting at home watching Fox News right now as retirees, mm-hmm. they would be watching Fox News say the Trump campaign might be in trouble. DeSantis is within striking distance. Turnout may be low. And they might think, oh, wait, I thought I could stay home tonight because Trump's got this thing. I've got to go now. Right. That's right. kind of what you're saying is we is, is 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 we're not really sure how much a national narrative may penetrate down to the granular level and therefore pardon the term or the pun, trump the conditions on the ground. That's what you're saying. Exactly. You know, so if you look at this in 2022 with DeSantis, that similar thing was happening. He was being beat down by big media and people who didn't want him to succeed. But his digital and sentiment score was very strong. We fed that into the algorithm as one of the things we trained on. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, again, same thing right there. And it can work the other way. You could have a bunch of DeSantis voters being told all day long watching Fox News he can't win. So why why should I brave the cold and go? And because the voter demographic's different here in Iowa, that's what we're a little bit uncertain of. Either way, I mean, I'm confident that DeSantis is going to way outperform the traditional polls just because of the, like the trend lines we're seeing, the sentiment, um, again, subjectively. Like, 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 mm-hmm. like, like take, take the fanboy hat off. Yep. You're a businessman first and yep. foremost. You want this to be a proprietary success yep. first and foremost. Sure. Would you invest money in what you just said based on that? that yes. You, you would actually invest your own capital in your belief that you think DeSantis will way overperform based on what yeah. you have. And I'm okay. investing my own human capital too. You know, I drove here sure. four and a half hours Absolutely. from Illinois. And Literally, I, 
rescuing your life. I know. I was texting you. And I, after this, talking to you, yeah. you know, again, we did this poll separately. Like I said, we would have released it either way. But yes, fully admit that I am, you know, I work with, I don't, I'm, I'm not on the payroll, but I'm a surrogate of theirs, things like that. I will be driving two hours after this to be a caucus speaker and hopefully, you know, convince more people. So I absolutely am putting my, my time and money into it because I, I believe that data is right. Who finishes? Do you think Vivek could finish third ahead of Nikki based on what you're seeing in the data? If, 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 yes. Which, by the way, I would, I'm all for if that were to happen, but go ahead. If, if our digital data footprint ends up being true, then yes, I would absolutely believe it. He looks so much stronger than her. Even it's just hard to think that he would outperform like such a $70 million right. spending. Right. Titan or like the that, perception of that the perception anyway. of it right but yeah. yeah I mean he looks really strong too if he was someone else I, I mean I would you know there's a reason Donald Trump attacked him I think um I think yeah. Trump and his team are probably pretty nervous at what's we going on we were just on. discussing that yeah. they didn't yeah this, this this went beyond just Trump throwing a tantrum the the entire Trump influencer in network even his own campaign manager who's very well respected all were taking time away from um, promoting Trump 48 hours before the vote to destroy yep. Vivek. That's not just a personal axe to grind. There's no. something else going on there. Although I'll yeah. tell you something funny. Some of those people who we, we, have think, 30 seconds. Uh, who we think are influ who we know are influencers on the Trump side, yeah. a bunch of them like this poll. It's weird. Like as I was going to bed last night, I was like, why are these people who are completely not going to be happy with this poll? They liked it on Twitter, on X. Hmm. And I was like, interesting. Maybe there's some background thing where the, the payments are drying up or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, Robert, let's keep we're going to really be curious to see how accurate this was tonight. And we definitely want to follow your progress with this project moving forward. I think it has a lot of potential for our side, brother. So yeah, thank be you. safe on the drive. All right. God bless you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll come back. It'll be Ask Me Anything here next. Stay tuned. All right, back here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter. Get our Instagram and TikTok. And you can also, if you listen to the podcast, and a lot of you do, uh, please, if you haven't done this yet, leave us a five-star review, hit subscribe or follow. That's what you do nowadays on iTunes. Thanks to all of you that have done that too. We appreciate each and every single one of those. Thank you. This part of the show brought to you by our friends at Relief Factor. Everyone deals with pain from time to time, especially as we get older of the chronic variety. Uh, what does that mean? Well, you know, there's two kinds of pain. There's clinical. That means go get professional medical help, please, or make sure you're getting it now. Or there's chronic. And a lot of times that's from too much inflammation in the body. That's where Relief Factor comes in. Uh, relief Factor is a great way to reduce pain, which is mostly caused by inflammation in the joints. Uh, and when you take it as directed, it could absolutely change your life. It's not a drug. It's something that was developed, though, by drugs, uh, by doctors that can prescribe drugs. But they wanted to come up with something drug-free that could reduce inflammation in the body. 70% of the people who try Relief Factors Quick Start end up sticking around because of the results that they see. Uh, and so if, if you want to see if you could be that 70%, 
It's just 20 bucks to find out. 20 bucks to give yourself 70% odds that this is the relief you have long been longing for. Get the three-week quick start for just 20 bucks. See if you don't see a difference in your pain in three weeks or less at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call them at 800, the number four relief, or go to relieffactor.com. All right, let, before we get to ask me anything, I'm now that we've had a chance to have Robert Salvador on twice to talk about his project and what he's trying to do with AI in terms of getting more accurate information about uh, polling and public opinion and things of that nature. Uh, I want to give, before we get to ask me anything, give each of you an opportunity to give your thoughts on the conversations we've had with Robert, particularly the one today. What do you think? Well, I'm going to go back to something I said I don't know, a couple of months ago when Josh Hammer was on the show and he seconded it. So if Josh Hammer seconds it, it's probably, it, it may not be right, but it's at least smart. It's, it, yeah. it's pretty good. Like, yeah. I think if, if he comes close uh, to nailing this thing, and this is like, he, he, whether he, you need to be prepared, what all Republican politicians never fail to not be prepared for, like, they're, they're going to call you the names. Oh my no, gosh, my enemies hate me. Yes. I didn't see that coming. They're going to call you the names no matter what. So what are you prepared to do? Like, you, if you nail this thing, these the polling industrial complex is going to come after your scalp. So are you prepared to just look him in the face and call him exactly what they are, a criminal enterprise? Because if this guy just on the first try nails it after all of this nonsense that you've been pulling on us, I just, I, I, I'm, talk about pop the corn and watch this play out because it could be beautiful. Yeah. Um, if this is anywhere, if this is anywhere close to being correct, um, I think one, the DeSantis campaign, and I, I'm not as close to them as you are, Steve. Closer maybe than the average bear, but not as close as you are. I hope that they have a narrative ready to go uh, tonight, even if they lose by three points, which is what this AI uh, thing is uh, is is showing they will, or if they win tonight. They need to have a narrative ready to go. Don't take any time off. Don't even take tonight off. Use use the the speech, whatever the speech ends up being tonight. If the polls are this wrong, which I believe they will be, you need to drive the narrative home that one, number one, he bleeds. Donald Trump bleeds. Number two, the polls are not only garbage. They have been weaponized yes. just like everything else there you go. Yeah. in this country. Yep. Drive that home. Whatever the speech you give tonight, whether it's a victory speech or whether you're losing by five points, something like that, use that opportunity to drive that narrative home. Correct. That is brilliant. And so can I, guys give me a few minutes just to mm-hmm. tie something together with an anecdote? We were sitting in here um, during uh, Super Tuesday 2016. And we were still a nighttime show on Salem Radio Network back then. This is before the merger between CRTV and the Blaze that uh, created Blaze TV. And uh, we were sitting here, and I'm I'm working for the Cruise Campaign on Super Tuesday while doing a live show. Okay, I'm I'm working for the Cruise Campaign, and so I'm monitoring the the events. And um, we, of course, had not won anything after Iowa because of the well documented. We stole it from uh, Ben Carson, you know, uh, garbage. So 
on on uh, on Super Tuesday, I was very zeroed in on Oklahoma that night. Um, once it looked like we were going to go ahead and beat Trump in Texas, because obviously if we lose to Trump in Texas, we're, we're dropping out. We're done. You know, you can't lose your own state. And uh, so I'm, I'm zeroed on in Oklahoma. And the reason why is Oklahoma was the first closed primary state of that cycle that year, meaning that only Republicans could vote like you can't go there tonight. Only Republicans can vote in the caucuses, too. But you can go register Republican and vote. If you're registered to vote in Oklahoma, it was a purely closed primary in many of these states where Trump was beating us. There were a lot of independent and Democrats crossing over people that had voted for Obama before that were now voting for Trump. And so what I I'm looking for a narrative, just what you said, Aaron, as the one of the messaging guys on the campaign, I'm looking for a narrative for us to justify staying in the race. So I am zeroed in on Oklahoma that night because it's the first closed primary. And I'm 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 guessing we're going to overperform there because only conservatives are voting, only Republicans are voting. And it's a very red state. Well, sure enough, we won that state in that primary. And during the next commercial break, I called. I know that you, some of you will chuckle at this, but knowing when I tell you who the name was, I called one of the people I worked closest with on the on the on the on the cruise campaign, Jason Miller. Yes, that Jason Miller. <laughs> All right. I called that Jason Miller during the commercial break. And I'm like, Jason, we got our narrative because they just called Oklahoma. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, this is the this is the first closed primary state. We can make the case. Hey, Iowa had a caucus. And so that encourages the activists. We won that. Oklahoma is the first closed primary state. We won that. We've got a whole bunch of states coming up now that are either caucuses like Alaska or they're convention states like Colorado. And so they're, these are states where they're going to only be Republicans and activists participating. Our narrative is when, when Republicans actually get to decide who the Republican nominee is, Ted Cruz wins. That's our narrative. And we're going to run with that. And they did. Okay, and we went through the post Super Tuesday. We won a bunch of those states. Remember, at one point, we actually won five states in a row against Trump. Okay, Um, including your native state of Wisconsin in the big primary there. So likewise, I'm not formally on the DeSantis team. I'm I'm not in their strategy meetings. I learn I may learn things they're going to do a little bit before you guys do. But I I, I probably don't have as much of a foresay in this or, or, or preemptive say in this as many of you may assume. It's nothing like when I was on the cruise campaign at all. Okay, nothing. Um, But but. I agree with Aaron. They need a narrative after tonight. And if he overperforms at all, and I'm confident that he will, I just don't know what that overperformance is. If he overperforms at all, let me tell you what my narrative would be. And and it's exactly, in fact, I did say this to a couple of the campaign people I saw last night. Aaron, you didn't even know this. It's exactly what you said. I am coming out. If if we overperform at all, I'm saying, hey, we had to won this damn thing except for your PSYOP polls. You practiced voter Mm -hmm. suppression. Because here's the thing. We're getting, once, once we get past Iowa there's a there's a little time to New Hampshire then you have like a month until South Carolina after that man this thing moves fast okay and people's public perceptions are going to be very truncated all right on a weekly basis it's sometimes just a few days of, of notice and and so the opportunity to have a long period of time to push back against a higher polling narrative just is not going to be there and so i would if i were the desantis people if we overperform at all tonight if i'm them i my i'm my candidate i'm having ron say tonight hey i'd have won tonight if not for your polls you practiced voter suppression look what i did up against not just all the money spent against me yes. that they that my opponents did but the money spent against me that the media did for on their behalf and i beat that too 
too. So you, and I would start conditioning people right now. These things are total frauds. I'd compare them to remember when they told you masks were 99% effective against, uh, against uh, airborne contagions and the, and the vaccine was safe and effective uh, and uh, climate change was a real, I mean, I would, I would absolutely be lumping all of these things in with that. That, that would be part of my core message tonight if I'm Ron DeSantis and if I overperform at all. So wholeheartedly agree with that, Aaron. All right. Are we ready for some uh, Ask Me Anything? We'll find out. Let's find out. Uh, did, we, did we get a lot of questions? I've not even had, I've been so busy, I've not even had a chance to look. It did was, we have a good number? It was pushing 200. Well, not questions, 200 responses. Okay. So, so. Got a dozen in there. We'll see. All right. So we'll see. Um, more, meaning you have a dozen questions in mm-hmm. here is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Todd has gone through those 200 responses and taken uh, the 12 questions that he thinks are best for on air. Aaron, you have those questions. I've not seen them ahead of time. Let's find out. We'll begin with Gwen Helvey, who says, just want to thank Steve, Todd and Aaron for being First uh, Corinthians 15, 58 men, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that your labor is not in vain. I'm looking forward to the nefarious Bible study. Stay strong. You guys are doing the Lord's work. That is very kind, Gwen. Thank you very much. I, I Thank you. Very sweet. Thank you very much. Next is Steve Adrians. Now that Detroit has won their first playoff game in 32 years, what will you smoke if Governor DeSantis wins tonight in <laughs> Iowa? I, had, uh, I saw a post from somebody on Twitter over the weekend, and I shared it. The DeSantis is going to win, man. Have you guys checked out this run Steve Dace is on right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and I tweeted back to him. We, he, yeah, you forgot about uh, the two times this this year that I almost died. You forgot about those two times. Other than that, though, yeah, you know, it's not it's not been a bad year uh, for my extemporaneous interests. This is obviously way more important. As much as I enjoyed the Lions winning last night, I would. You know, if the trade was they they lose thirty to nothing and Ron DeSantis wins tonight, I'm going to make that trade. Let's okay? face it, Dace. If uh, a year ago you said, "Okay, national championship, and Lions make a Super Bowl run, but you have to engage in a couple near death experiences," what do you? You'd, you'd pause. I would, oh, I would have said. Oh, you'd pause. I'd pause and then I'd take the deal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you said near death, right? Okay. All right then. Yeah. All right. I mean, am I personally? Am I permanently incapacitated? You know, <laughs> I might have negotiated a little bit, but yeah. Um. Uh. Uh, I can't even imagine what would happen. I mean, could you guys imagine what media would be like tomorrow if Ron DeSantis won? Oh, I I can. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be negative, but I can absolutely imagine. I can. I'm getting mad. Talk. I'm getting mad thinking about this. I can hear the words coming, and I'm not joking here. I can hear the words coming out of Brett Bear's. Oh, this was not actually a big surprise. Ron DeSantis had the... I can hear that. The narrative tomorrow in the media, if he wins, is going to be... Oh, that's not that big of a surprise. Iowa doesn't... Iowa's known for this. Not that big of a surprise. I can hear that. Hmm. That's already yeah. pissing Which me I think that will, I think that will be some of it, sure. But, okay, let's talk about righty media then. All right? Because I, I lump Fox in with corporate media. It's just a corporate media that's more friendly to us or maybe less hateful, maybe a better way of putting it. I don't know if I'd go with as far as friendly on any level. Let's talk about our own media. Could you imagine what the reaction to that would be tomorrow? Oh, I know. I mean, could, I could you imagine what, what certain Twitter accounts would look know. like tomorrow? I also know what that's going to look like. It was stolen. Yes. It was stolen. Yeah. Uh, there's already some narrative. Uh, Nikki Haley and the deep state are using harp uh, to uh, to disrupt Actually, the weather. They are officially doing it. I I got a call from AJ Spiker, old buddy of mm-hmm. mine, who used to be our state party chairman. And AJ is a big Ron Paul guy. 
And we ushered him in as our state party chairman after what happened in 2012. In the 2012 caucuses, we had a, a, a rhino, Terry Branstead, Mitt Romney hack named Matt Strawn was our party chairman. And he was the one that called and certified those caucuses for Romney before triggering a recount because it was so close. It should have triggered a recount right away. All right. And so he had Romney sanctioned as the winner. This created such a huge. And then later when they did the recount, Santorum won. This created such a huge uh, blowback that we kicked Strawn out and put AJ Spiker in. Okay. And um, um, and so I got a call over the weekend from AJ because he's like, you're not going to believe this. Trump's people called the New York Times saying you can steal the Iowa caucuses and Iowa can be stolen. They're already playing the voter fraud calling and they're calling That's the New York they Times have to have a narrative yep. tonight. And, and the New York yes. Times is calling AJ Spiker, you know, uh, looking for a comment on this. So, yeah, I can see some we of that. We are all too. obviously on the same page of that. You have got to be ready. You just can't be happy with whatever when you get the other side is and the other side comes in a lot of different, the other side on our side, the other side on their side, but they're shameless. They will march on with a new narrative. If we aren't prepared to go right to, you know, uh, what Aaron has made abundantly clear uh, is important, that this these this polling is a criminal enterprise, you'll just get, listen, there's just so much noise out there. I go Even back. Even if you have the truth in your hands, you've got to be, you've got to be Matthew 28 in this thing. You got to be going out into the world with yeah. it. I go back to a conversation I had at the beginning of May with one of the top political reporters in America. It's a name. If you're a junkie, you would know, you would know his name, but we were sworn to secrecy. Everything was off the record. He said in your seat and we got together for an hour and laid all our cards on the table to exchange notes, left media, right media. Nothing was recorded. Everything off the record to get a true, you know, uh, unvarnished view of where things were at and where things stood and where we thought things were going to go. And one of the things that he said to me, much of with much of which, by the way, completely proven wrong, because what happened with Trump and the lawfare stuff just changed the entire ecosystem that we operate in normally. But the one thing that stood out to me is when he said to me, he said, the least accurate thing we do is polling. We have no idea if our polls are accurate. The responses are so low. It's also the most expensive thing we do. So why do we do so many of them? And he told me it's because it's the number one driver of the rest of our content. And okay, you know, and I, I, I remember tomorrow, I think is the four week anniversary. It's either tomorrow or, or Wednesday is the four week anniversary when I went on my Twitter account and tried to mute every word I could think of related to polls. And I didn't get them all. Sometimes I see a few that come onto my feed. I cannot tell you how much different my entire Twitter experience is without references to polls all the time. And, I, and I'm talking like following conservative Twitter. So if, if, if a guy from one of the top five ever corporate media outlets is telling me, yeah, the polls we do are just total bunk, but it drives our content more than anything. And that's why we keep spending the money to do them. I mean, the amount of content on the right that we produce in response to polls for every Rasmussen or Trafalgar that may game the system for our side, they've got 30 polling outlets on their side. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And so the amount of content on the right that we do in response to polls that are often done by people we know hate us, it's amazing, truly. And so you're right. It's a criminal enterprise at this point, for sure. No doubt. It's a total psyop. Yeah. Aaron. 
Uh, next up, we go to Brandy Davenport. Were you disappointed as we were that you had to pay to watch? I think it was just one game on Peacock this weekend, one playoff game on, on Peacock this weekend. I thought weekend. I may have missed something, but I yeah. knew there yeah, was Yeah, it's just one. one. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't already have Peacock, and do you think this will continue with uh, other sports? I'm not disappointed because I'm I'm kind of conditioned now that that's the world in which we live in. And that goes to my other question that, yes, this will continue with other sports. What I do think, and I, I do, I saw Clay Travis say this over the weekend, and I kind of like this idea. I'd be curious to get you guys' take. Hey, if you're going to make me pay on an app to get the game, then why am I watching commercials too like I would on a free channel? It's one or the other. Okay. So either put it on a free channel and I'll sit through commercials because that's what you're monetizing. Or if you're monetizing me... Okay, then why am I, you know, uh, why am I sitting through commercials at the exact same time? Like if you're watching on Blaze TV, you're not sitting through commercial breaks. You're, you're going to get a live read inside of the show, but you're not sitting through a five minute spot break if you subscribe to us on Blaze TV. So I'd be curious to get you guys' take on that. But I think there's more of this to come. I think that's just the reality of the world in, in which we live. And, and I think that's been the, that's the number one driver of... I wouldn't call it realignment uh, that Todd hates. It's consolidation. It's a it's a bunch of brands trying to get a, a, to, to to consolidate together as much as possible, so that there, so that there is a market for you to feel like, all right, I've got to pay the five bucks a month to watch the SEC or the Big Ten because there's just too many good teams there. That's what's going on because I think they all think this is where this is going in the future. Uh, let's let's be honest. Remember what I told you about Bud Light? While it was a success, it's not as big of a success as uh, you might think because you just slid over to Coors Light or Mm -hmm. Bud Light. You didn't really, like, stop drinking beer, right? Here, what are you going to do? Maybe probably found a better light beer would be my guess if you've ever drank Bud Light. But But what are you going to do? You, you really not going to watch right. you complainers? No, because right. this is your like crack. There's, like there's not a substitute for Wisconsin. There's not a substitute for Iowa. There's not a substitute well, for Michigan. How about your dignity? But you don't have any. <laughs> you're a crack addict yeah. and you're going to pay it yeah. and you're going to lick it. Steve, because you've what as now is landline TV or whatever. What do we call it? Regular TV. Like they, linear is what you're talking about. Linear. Right? They, yeah. Uh, not making nearly as much money, which is why. Uh, and now they're you've seen a lot of the local the, the programming now is like this game show stuff because the cost of making that there's more and more of those. Mm-hmm. All right, but the that's thing, why they make so many horror movies. The thing a lot that, of horror movies don't make a hundred million dollars, but they're very cheap to make, so they're mostly very profitable. The thing that yeah. still makes bank is what live sporting events, which is why this whole rearrangement in college football is happening because of all that money. Fox, ESPN, yet. All that money there. That's the thing still making money on traditional cable. They're still doing this to you. Right? Why? Because you're a crackhead. You're never going to stop. You know you aren't. So stop your complaining. Just admit who and what you are. I have an uncomfortable question to ask. How many football fans do you think, uh, on principle, uh, boycotted Peacock this weekend? Versus the number of football fans who, on principle, boycotted the jab. Not many, because this might have been the most watched stream event ever. 23 million people watched this on Peacock. Yeah. That's not much different than yeah. what you would have gotten on on television. But this is my probably would have maybe gotten 30 on that 30 million. But that's pretty close. Yeah. I, the Packers. Uh, won yesterday. Congra- they, you know, they and I told you, team. that was a hell of a win. Yeah. And thank you for that. You gave us another home game. So I was rooting for y'all. Thank you. But uh, here's what I. If that was on Peacock, I would have just not watched. 
that clearly does not apply to most of you. If, if, if the complainers, all right, like there's a a lot of other people that watch football, they could take it or leave it too. But you, you, why, you have no right to complain if you're just gonna do it. They're gonna keep taking everything from you because they know that you're the same as the junkie on the corner, and that's just how it is. All right, Aaron, next question. Next, we go to Todd Toulouse, who has this. What are the chances Democrats show up tonight, register as Republicans, and vote for Trump or Nikki in an effort to get rid of DeSantis? I I can't imagine Democrats will vote for Trump. Okay, I mean, I don't know how many Democrats could bring themselves to write Donald Trump's name down on a piece of paper and vote for him. Uh, Remind me, how long has it been this easy on site? As long as I've been involved, it's been like Has this. it always been this way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't... We don't know how many Republicans are going to brave all these conditions and vote. I, I just have a hard time believing there's going to be a, a lot of people who don't agree with us, who want to brave these conditions and then sit around for an hour at a church or a gymnasium somewhere with a bunch of people they can't stand. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be banking on that. So we had, we had the highest caucus turnout ever in 2016, as you've heard me say many times. 21% of that vote were non-Republicans, one out of five. And I was one of them. I'm usually a registered independent. And I, I usually do that because the Republican Party pisses me off all the time, and I just don't want to get bugged by people. So I register as an independent as a way to be left alone. Um, I don't think we're going to hit 21% tonight. I, I could have I could have been convinced it would be more than 21% without Democrats also having an event tonight until the weather. I, I just don't believe there's going to be a lot of Democrats that want to risk all this and sit around. Like, it, it, it's one of those things that sounds great in a chat room until you go outside, take a breath, and it hurts your lungs. You know what I'm saying? Then you're like, okay, screw it. Trump's going to win anyway, so what's yeah. the point? Okay? You, you'd you'd, have to, that's kind of yeah. what you think. You Even know? under the best of circumstances, circumstances you'd have to mobilize a yeah. fair number but here's one question i have for you what about just protesters tonight even though it's illegal it's no different than you can't you know you you, yeah. you, you have to be how many outside of a polling place right you know you can't but if these people it doesn't take that many of them at every single place for no. these people just could to, i could i see are we two gonna, or three people that, that are absolute you know demonic uh yeah. you know inspired you know, risking pneumonia to hold a sign to say, uh, you know, keep your hands off my uterus, you know, and minus 18. And then with the windshield, it's minus 40. Yeah. But, just but to, I think it's a very small group of do, people. Do you have any, is there the level of law enforcement that's prepared? Is it above and beyond? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because they've got some other problems right now. Yeah. Okay. Getting people out of ditches. Yeah. Guys, there's still a plenty of places in in residential areas of Iowa where you're still going to see cars and ditches, man. Okay. So they've got some other things on their plate right now than, you know, babysitting uh, blue hair. And I don't mean old lady. I mean the 19-year-old uh, the with the nose ring and the blue hair. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, Brent Deich is next. Uh, history has shown that the most pivotal moments in our country come down to binary choices. Join or die, give me liberty or give me death. Slavery versus freedom, pro-life versus pro-baby killing. How far is our civil society away from our next binary choice? It's closer than ever before. That's a great observation. And and, and we, 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 were, we, we were conditioned to that. All right. Wear a mask or not to determine whether you get access back to your life. 
take a take a poisonous experimental uh, toxin to determine whether or not you get access back to your job or get to keep it or not. Right. So those sorts of um, I mean, what you're really talking about is a loyalty test. To whom do you identify with? To whom do you belong? Choose ye this day whom you will serve. And we've had them in our society before, you know, um, don't be black because then you can't vote or own a home or, you know, ride, a, ride sit, sit where you want on a bus or in a restaurant. So, so we, we've had those things in our, even in our society, the freest of all time, we, we've had them before. Um, those things always happen when darkness feels as if it has the advantage. Okay. Um, the South did those things because it felt like culturally it had the advantage. So it could just do them out in the open and compel you to make a call. And so this is, you know, what, what you'll, what you'll see darkness do darkness will preach tolerance and diversity and pluralism and multiculturalism. It'll do that until it gets the, until it, it, it has now so diluted your belief system that it now has, uh, it now has the numbers it wants. And once it has the numbers it wants, you're going to learn that whenever you whenever you turn down Tolerance Boulevard, it's a one way street. You're going to learn that uh, four legs good, two legs bad becomes four legs are good, but two legs are now even better. Okay, you're, for, they look from pig to man and man to pig and back to pig again, and they couldn't tell which was which. We're in that stage as a society now, right? We in the '90s and 2000s, we heard all these politically correct terms. Those were all elements of deconstructionism. That's what postmodernism is. It's a it's a deconstructive uh, weapon of mass destruction with the goal of so deconstructing the current moral framework so that it eventually now, once that has been deconstructed, something's going to have to fill its place. And it will now say, yeah, about that diversity thing, we didn't really mean it. We're going to take over these institutions now and weaponize them against you. That's the era that we are in right now. And, and so once we, are, we, once we reach that stage of devolution, what will come next, you are correct, is the loyalty oath. That will come next. All right. So once, once post-Civil post War, it went, well, here are carpetbaggers, meaning black people from other places in the country, coming to live in the South. Okay. Once, or, or black people that are now free, now buying up land in the South. Once we got, out of, once we got rid of the carpetbaggers, we put in Jim Crow. Once Jim Crow was established, now we're just going flat out loyalty oath, second class citizen, right? So good analogy to use here today on MLK Day. Same, that's the same pattern, right? So we started out diluting the, the pre-existing moral framework. That was intersectionality, political correctness, right? Next now will come uh, the, the, the capturing of the institutions that used to champion that belief and framework. And then we, that, that was accomplished after that is the weaponization of those institutions. That's the stage we're in now. And we're in the, we are no, make no mistake. We are in the latter stages of that. Okay. Once that is fully realized, what will come next are the loyalty oaths that you're talking about. That's what will come next. You can't work here unless you think the way that we do. You can't have a career in this field unless you think the way that we do. And they're already beginning in areas of the country where they have completed the full weaponization. They're already in the midst of imposing that stage now. That's where this is going next. And that'll be fine with you as long as you don't need a new app to get the Chiefs game, by the way. <laughs> 
Uh, I like when you won't leave. I, I love when you won't th- let things go. Even if I don't agree with you, I just love it when you won't let things go. I do. It works for us. It does work for us. I, I, I respect the spite even when I think it goes too far. I just adore it, frankly. I really like it. I do. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. More of your questions here on an Ask Me Anything here on the eve. Actually, no, yesterday would be the eve. On the day of the Iowa caucuses tonight. Stay tuned. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, you know, Blaze TV is debuting the second episode of our docuseries, Blaze Originals, where Glenn Beck traveled to the quickly evolving and developing community of Liberty County, Texas, to give you the real story of Colony Ridge. Now, you guys, I'm sure have heard about this. It's this community in Texas that's growing extremely mysteriously fast. And people are trying to figure out why, what's going on, like 200 lots per week. Well, based on what Glenn and the Blaze Originals team observed there firsthand, the overwhelming percentage of residents are non-citizens, illegals, illegal aliens, don't speak English. Glenn spoke with the developer, John Harris, there, and he said, well, maybe 35,000 people live here, but local officials are saying it's more than twice that. If nothing is done, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of illegals living in Colony Ridge within just a couple of years. Now, this is where you come in. Both media on the right and left have been given vastly conflicting reports on Colony Ridge, and and Blaze TV could not have traveled there to get you the real story without your support. This documentary is only the beginning of our Blaze Originals series, exposing corruption and what's really going on in the country, and we just cannot do these productions without your help. So if you have not yet been a subscriber to Blaze TV, subscribe now. $30 off an annual subscription. That's the biggest discount we can offer. $30 off by visiting Blaze Originals. That's with an S. BlazeOriginals.com and use the discount code Colony Rich for $30 off. In this episode, Glenn addresses all the rumors and brings you the truth. Is Colony Ridge specifically targeting illegal aliens to take up residency? Find out. Blaze Originals with an S. BlazeOriginals.com. Discount code Colony Ridge for $30 off. All right, let's get back to Ask Me Anything. Questions have chosen, questions submitted by you, chosen by Todd, and then read by Aaron. Next, we go to Sam Hillier. The left appears to have no plan to replace Biden. It's as if they're planning to lose. What are the chances they're planning on a Trump win and revolution after after, uh, then a win in November? I'm going to address the first part. Uh, of your question only, if that's okay. I, I would not make, again, I go back, we, we, we've, we've mentioned this moment so many times. If we were sitting here Valentine's Day of 2020 and I told you Joe Biden's going to be the Democratic nominee, you would have said what to me? No freaking way. Right. Dude's, dude's literally dead. Like, might, he might literally be dead. We don't know where he is. He can't talk. Man, and by the way, go watch clips of Biden in 2020, man. And it looks like you're talking to... You know, um, the you know Daniel Webster, maybe the greatest orator in American history compared to the Joe Biden you're seeing now. But at Valent by on Valentine's Day 2020, if I'd have said, guys, Joe Biden's going to be the Democratic nominee, everyone would have told me you are you're not even happening. He's more likely to be dropping out of the race within 30 days. He was the Democratic nominee. It was over. 
these people aren't like us. Okay, so they're, they're just not. They're, they're ruthless in ways we aren't. They have no concern for blowback whatsoever. When, when, when Democrats fail, it's for one of three reasons. Well, four reasons. Number one, God. He's like, like no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Um, number two, um, these, and the next two are the reasons we typically see it in the, in the natural way of saying things. They so overextend themselves. They so overreact that the American people do blow back against them because it doesn't come from the Republican Party. Um, or three, they can't all get on the same page, you know, because this is the mob outside Watts house, you know, like, like imagine if, um, lot would have brought the men out. Imagine now that these weren't actual men. I mean, these are like angels, like they could have like smited and wiped the floor with this mob outside of lots house. But let's assume that lot, imagine what would have happened if lot had brought those men out. All right, you can have your way with them. The ne- then they would have argued with each other about, well, which one are we going to rape and kill first? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and then they like would just. That's the third reason we often see them fail, and this is what happened with the the kicking Trump off the ballot thing at the end of last year. You know, we were talking about connecting dots. Jack Smith has a very clear plan here, and now that several steps are in place, I will now go to the Supreme Court, okay, to get an answer that I probably already know what it is. Well, lo and behold. Some zealots out there in Colorado be like, we got to kill Trump right now. And they, we talked about that too, mm-hmm. that that's not what Jack Smith wanted. That, that Jack Smith did want that to happen, but like in three more months, okay, when that was like the next logical step. It's not the most logical step right now. In fact, it looks pretty illogical. So we're going to do this without a trial. Trump's not even been put on trial. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody, we're doing this yet. And, and so by them acting out like that and unable to contain themselves, it kind of blew up the entire plan. It's all out in the open now. All right. So now the Supreme Court's like, yeah, maybe we'll go ahead and take a look at this whole thing now while we're at it. That's not what Jack when Jack Smith appealed to the court in December, that's not what he thought was going to happen, nor what he had in mind. But he didn't know that the other demonic wing of outside of Lot's house was going to was not going to be able to keep it in their pants, basically, and overreact. And so that's the other problem with Democrats is they have a hard time corralling all of their demonic horde into one singular message because they're all driven, um, you know, by the same spirit of the age. And that's not easily satiated and lined up into a uniform message or tactic the fourth reason democrats fail and this is the one we most rarely see is because a republican like ron DeSantis comes along and just eviscerates them at everything that almost never happens though (laughs) okay so usually it's the other three reasons they can't all get on the same page they go too far and thus you know the american people revolt or literally god puts steps in and just says yeah uh no not happening that's it so With all that in mind, I would not sit here on January 15th and assume Joe Biden. It's just, oh, they missed their window. Well, Steve, they they already submitted the delegate. They don't. There's no rules in the Democratic Party, guys. Just one. The golden rule. Whoever has the gold gets to rule. I mean, it's, it's Lord of the Flies over there, guys. It's a friggin' Hunger Games. Just, they're not like us. Referencing earlier, I mean, it didn't look like they had any plan to replace Bernie Sanders back Correct. in 2020. Yes. Yeah. They just, they're just not like us. They, and, and the thing, they don't care 
how, what Fox, if, if, if you wake up one day in April and Joe Biden's gone and every Fox News show is Democrats have subverted their rules, they've disenfranchised their voters. Do you know how much the Democrats are going to care what Fox News is saying about them if they did that? Can you guess? So it, not at all. As opposed to our people will watch CNN and MSNBC and lose their bowels. They, they don't care. They're just not like us. If, if Joe Biden is the Democrat nominee the first Tuesday in November later this year, it is simply for one or for two reasons. Number one, divine judgment. Number two, they just couldn't get on the same page of who the alternative should be. It won't be for any other reasons. It won't be because they're scared of Joe Biden. It won't be because they got outmaneuvered by Jill Biden. Nope. It'll be divine judgment. Like we are bound and determined to have one more feeble boomer election, no matter what. Or two, they couldn't get on the same page of who the alternative is. Which is where they probably are right now. Who is it? They're going to trot out Gavin Newsom. He got freaking wrecked by Ron DeSantis and Sean Hannity. So that's not, if that maybe can still happen, but it can't happen right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you got to re- it's going to take some time to rehabilitate Gavin Newsom's image here. You know, your wife going throwing the damn towel, you know, like Rocky four. Okay. That's a bad look. So bad. Even Politico was ripping him. Yeah. So it's, if, if they want it to be Newsom, they're going to have to rehab that image. They know it cannot be Kamala. Okay. So they're, that's the issue they're having right now is who is it? Next. We will go to Chad McCarty. How high is the likelihood the Trump campaign has already made agreements with Haley and Vivek, giving them high-ranking positions in his cabinet, such as VP, in exchange for staying in the race until they are instructed to drop out? Oh, I, I think, you know... Uh, Trump loves teams of rivals and views himself as a master machinator. I'm sure all those conversations have been had to varying degrees. Here's the thing, though, you have to learn if if, as Vivek learned over the weekend, man, it's hard to keep a scorpion for a pet. Okay, and I I tweeted that in late July in 2017 when the Trump White House began turning on Steve Bannon. I tweeted out by the time this is over and within within a couple weeks, he was gone. And I tweeted out at that time, by the time this is over, everyone's going to learn, man, it's hard to keep a scorpion for a pet. And Trump himself on several issues, we've covered this on the show where he, people say like, why you said this then yeah. and this then he said, why well, wasn't president then? Yeah, he, he said that about say, the debt yeah. ceiling. I, we should actually let the country yeah. default. And Caitlin Collins at CNN asked yeah. him, well, as president, you kept signing debt ceiling extensions. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, as president, that's what I have to do. But now that I'm not president, yeah. I can basically just lie and say what I want. Yeah. You're dealing with a nihilist on some level. You know, that's just the reality. A nihilist. That's not what I mean. Um, you're, you're dealing with the materialist on some level. Uh, you know, so if if there's a, you know, beyond their own personalities, the biggest difference between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis has ambition, but isn't really ambitious. Donald Trump is ambitious and doesn't have ambition. That's really the two biggest difference between the two. <clears throat> so if you're cutting any deals with Donald Trump right now, you know, this is Darth Vader territory, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. And by the way, I mean, I mean that in the full fullness of Darth Vader. Donald Trump is just as likely to pick the emperor up and throw him down the elevator shaft as he is to encase you in carbonite. Okay? Might even do it to the same person. (laughs) Okay. That is so true. All right, he is just as likely to throw you, he's just as likely to take our biggest nemesis and throw him down the the, the shaft of the Death Star to, to, to save us as he is to encase us in carbonite. The same guy that moved the embassy, signed all the peace deals, all right, Ended Roe v. Wade is the same guy that helped them shut the country down, end 10,000 small businesses, and gave them billions to develop a poisonous shot. It, 
It's a roll of the dice, brother. It's a roll of the dice. Next. Next, we will go to me. Push, push the wrong button. Uh, Steve Winden says, if the Trump supporters carry out their threat to sit on their hands if Trump is not the nominee, and those of us who have a conviction preventing us from voting for Trump do the same, isn't that kind of the end of the GOP? I, I, that's, this will be a problem no matter who the general election Correct. candidate is. Correct. It will be an issue. Uh, and, it's, and, and there aren't as many people on either side that are going to do this as they're saying right now. But it doesn't have to be. If it's just 2 or 3% on either side, right. that's a major problem. There's no, there's no question about that. I, I, some of it is, and maybe a lot of it is, that our show is a lot bigger than it was in 2016. Okay, But I am getting, I, I told you at the end of last year, I, re, I have received way more notes from people telling me they will never vote for Trump again than I ever received when the whole Never Trump thing was actually ascendant. Okay, um, and if you look at if you look at if you look at look at the polls. So now I only have twenty dollars in credit left. All those all of those told us the entire time that virtually the same percentage of people that said they'd only vote for Trump is the same that said they would not. So this is going to be a problem no matter what. I I agree. Um, if Trump is the nominee, whom he picks for his running mate will be the most important vice presidential selection in the mo- in the history of yes. the modern Republican Party. And 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 I can see the the period of time from if he if he is the nominee from when he is the presumptive nominee to when he makes that pick, you're going to literally see factions campaign for a person to represent them to get on that ticket. He's 80. He has no he's a lame duck, even if he wins. And he has no obvious heir apparent. Right. So this nominee would be somebody that would be looked at as could step in and and fill the void after he is gone. Okay, so it's going to be hotly contested. The names would not exactly expect that most obvious answer would be DeSantis. You would think, but I, I just can't see that working. I can't. I can't see it working. We'll see. Uh, next up, Barbara Wise says, what do you think is the best way to address our brothers and sisters who, under the guise of seeking truth, bombard people with shocking events or tidbits of half-baked theories that ultimately become a distraction? The Miami Mall eight-foot creatures story is a great example. We'll likely never get the whole story, and we have enough evidence from other events to conclude there are forces keeping truth from us. There's no reason to be shocked by that, and little we can do to change it. To me, it seems unproductive, sending us down rabbit holes, and it pulls our energy from the things we should be doing as believers. My first thing to you would be, number one, I've got two responses to you. One is... Um, situational because of the era we live in. And the other is what the Bible says about your question on the situational front. I would urge you um, to not immediately dismiss anything these days to not. And that's something I've had to learn. You know, I, I I'm inclined to like, if it doesn't pass a logic test from the beginning, I'm out. The last few years taught Thank me, you. don't do that You're anymore. pretty much out on everything. Yeah, man. yeah. So I, I, I think nowadays you have to be willing. I wouldn't dismiss like literally anything. I mean, literally anything. I wouldn't dismiss it. I'd, I'd at least consider, consider it on the merits and examine it before dismissing it. All right. Um, well, I shouldn't say little Elvis is now 200 years old and he's at a Burger King in Kalamazoo. Okay. I'm probably going to dismiss that. Okay. Let's. Most things in other eras you would have dismissed, I would not immediately dismiss. I'd at least, you know, find out. That's number one, okay? 
because the truth of the matter is if you end up if you if if you just assume the same logic parameters and boundaries of previous eras are applying in this one you're actually gonna get played for a fool quite a bit like during covid for example that's it's not true that's number one um that doesn't mean that doesn't mean i mean alec alex jones is wrong about most things he says but there's a couple of things he said that he's 100 percent right about was he just lucky i mean i don't know i don't know alex jones but my point is i would investigate everything myself these days that's the situational reality we're in number two and then also by the way back to the situational if you do that it makes it easier to push back on what you know are false narratives now because hey i looked at that yeah here's what i found did you know this see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. okay number two paul addresses this he says hey there's going to be quarrelers people that want us to focus on idle things useless genealogies on the law he's talking about like technicalities myths legends uh those are you know redeem the time for the days are evil you know we don't have time for all that keep them make the main thing the main thing now a lot of churches that say we major on the minors what they really mean is we don't take a position on things that christians have earnestly debated for centuries that's that's not what i'm calling for you know those things there's a reason we are debating them you know they they should be debated and discussed okay but is is this worth breaking fellowship over and sometimes the answer is going to be yeah okay then let's have it out but if the answer to that is no, then that's probably the end of the argument at that point. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I said, it, it don't get too comfortable, uh, you, you said at the end, as believers. Because quite frankly, it, the, the topic we're supposed to be out there on is important. But a lot of the time as believers, this is how people rallied around David French and still do to this day, because he just seems like, He's tidy. And you've honestly, he's saying crazy things, but he seems to look the part. Mm -hmm. This is where you don't do the safety dance as a Christian. You don't belong there ever. Fine, it's not eight foot aliens, but you are supposed to be out there, quite frankly, and a lot more in this culture. Good point. All right, we're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we're back at it again tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after the first votes in Iowa cast. Until then, Romans 828. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.